Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next. PostWrestling.com, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you find your podcasts. And as always, we are live, twitch.tv slash up next podcast. But I am not alone. This is Deep Impact, and I do need a co-host. So once again, joining me, Mr. Andrew Thompson. We are back, Davey Portman. We are on the street, sir. We are back. We are on a streak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. No complaints. Always good to be back doing some some podcasts, talking to graps. Uh, A a good, good, decent uh, work rate episode of Impact somewhat. Uh, It was a a solid main event, but I know we'll get into that. Yeah, I think so. A bit, uh, we're a little less on the news this week with Impact. Obviously, we had all those big signings over the last couple of weeks, and Things have kind of died down a bit. We're kind of used to this forbidden door that seems to be swinging open in every direction now. But yeah, I, I think work rate, uh, work rate episode of Impact is how I'd sum it up. Absolutely. Um, how have you been? You've been keeping yourself busy. As always, I'm uh, checking out your extensive reports on post wrestling. But what else has been going on in the world of Andrew Thompson? Yeah, man. So got 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 some uh some good stuff coming up this week. I've appeared on a few podcasts over the weekend, um. So I, th- I think those should be releasing this week. I hope. Uh, but yeah, I did a couple of podcasts over the weekend, and uh, I released an interview with uh, Ring of Honor's Amy Rose. Dove into a lot of stuff about her resign with ROH and you know the ups and downs of the women's division, the, the postponed uh, women's tourney they was supposed to have. We got into a whole bunch of stuff, so it was a so it was a cool interview, man. And I'm actually glad I got to in- interview a female talent for fucking once. Uh, so I don't remember, I was I was thrilled about this because my channel was turning into straight dudes for like <laughs> for like five months. So I'm glad I got to have some damn variety on my YouTube. You channel want more diversity on your YouTube yes, channel, yes, Andrew? Exactly. <laughs> 
Exactly, but I'm glad I got to do that. But yeah, man. Uh, and then of course we got the, the, the this beautiful podcast that we have, Deep Impact, and then uh, me and Martin are back on Thursday for uh, Bushby and Thompson's wrestling adventure. Yeah, this week is I believe it's a Eddie Guerrero centric episode, yeah. correct? Yeah, we're joined by the uh, hashtag the man Neil Flanagan. You're joined by Neil Flanagan. Oh, yeah. excellent stuff. <laughs> um, and that's dropping on the British Wrestling Experience feed, right? Yes, it is. Awesome. And where can we find your interviews, Andrew? On the Andrew Thompson Interviews YouTube channel, Davey. Perfect. Well, as always, it's a big week for us at Up Next as well. Tomorrow, we'll have another episode of Shot in the Dark. John Ceno running down all the wrestling you missed over the last week. We're talking about the AEW Women's Tournament. We're talking about Bloodsport. We're talking about 205 Live. We're talking about an episode of Dark that I think is still happening right now. A two-hour <laughs> plus episode of Dark. I don't know how Sino does it, but he fills you all in with all the matches you've seen in the last week in just under 15 minutes. Shot in the Dark dropping on this very feed tomorrow as well as our flagship show i'll be joined once again by Braden harrington to talk all about tomorrow's nxt what's adam cole gonna say why adam why we're gonna find out tomorrow and you can join us on twitch for that 10 15 twitch.tv slash up next and then on thursday we're going to be talking all about AEW in a new episode of bd elite that goes live 1 p.m eastern time on our twitch channel and if you want to call in all you have to do is be a patron and you can call in to chat all about wrestling with us on a thursday afternoon it's a lot of fun more info on patreon.com slash up next and then our weekend is full once again. We've got a special episode of Up Yours where we're joined by Chris Elliott to talk all about Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends. It's a documentary all about wrestling, all about the WCW power plant in particular in 1999. Very fun stuff. And then we'll be joined by Mike Murray this Sunday to talk all about best match ever, the Never Open Weight Championship. Yes, we're going to be talking about some of the best matches in the history of that title, including the likes of Ishii, Shibata, Kyle O'Reilly, Ibushi, Naito. There's some cracking matches on there. All that to look forward to. Just check at Up Next Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook just to find everything out that's coming. But that's all the plugs. We've got it out the way, Andrew. Are you ready to talk some impact wrestling? Who, who did it, who did any of those never open way guys beat? Sorry, what's that? No, I, I, I was making a joke. I was saying, uh, who, who did any of those guys you named beat? Oh yeah, who are those guys? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, David, I, I know, I know uh, we're usually about to jump about to jump into the review, but I was going to ask you something like off topic. Have you seen uh, the 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 Netflix uh, series um, the, about the Cecil Hotel? Not yet. Um, Oh yeah, Braden was talking about it. Um, I know the story, kind of. Uh, right. I actually, Scrump's Instagram story, I know Scrump was obsessed with it from pre Pro Wrestling Tees, and I kind of did some digging earlier in the year. Um, I've heard kind of mixed things about the documentary, just more about kind of the way it's made, but uh, mm. you've been binging that right now, have you? Bro, I started the first two episodes. That story is... Crazy. I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it for people. I'm, I'm pretty sure people have probably like heard of the story or like what happened, but like it's 
that that is like crazy. And I, I'm like, I can't wait to finish. I'll probably finish it up by the end of the week. But it is, it's like, it is, it's definitely something, man. So I think people should definitely check that out when they get some free time. I feel we're getting to that time of year when all the crazy documentaries are going to start dropping again. I feel it was around this time last year where we got (laughs) Don't Fuck With Cats and then just a month or so later we had Tiger King that kind of (laughs) took everyone. There was that Aaron Hernandez documentary that came out all around the same time. Um, I'm fully ready to dive into just some batshit crazy documentaries. (laughs) Bro, I I lied to you now. I feel like I've seen like two different like serial killer documentaries that's like coming out like in the past like in the next couple of weeks I, I, I know i'm not the only person i know people have talked about this at length that's like somewhat interested in those type of documentaries i don't know why because it's people are crazy and oh, i don't know why it, 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 everyone's it's, it's interesting yeah murder just people are obsessed with um <laughs> i i listened to for quite a long time a, a podcast called my favorite murder i don't know if you've heard of it 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 comes under the comedy category in in the podcasts, but oh, it's wow. it's these uh, two ladies just uh, both research a different murder and present it to the other that week, and they they kind of do it in a really casual way. Like you imagine them just like lying on their couch talking about this murder they read up about the other day, but um, they're fascinating things. And I oh I know a lot of people obsessed with murder docs. It, it, it it's like I, I don't know what like I, I think it's just more so of. Wanting to know what could drive a human being to do such things or multiple times, like it's 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 crazy, bro. Like it's I I don't know why I find that stuff interesting, but I know there's a like a whole bunch of people that do too. So it's like so you'll feel weird about it. So like yeah, it's cool. Well, maybe if uh if impact kind of th- this forbidden door suddenly closes again and we start losing interest, maybe that's what we need to do. Just just go. screw the wrestling and talk about murders every week. And- then <laughs> uh, we, we can tie that into Impact. Is then they try to take out Johnny? Bra- take they out did, Johnny yeah, they did. Um, I, I would like absolutely a Netflix documentary on <laughs> on who shot Johnny Bravo. Uh, absolutely. Well, let's go into this week's episode of Impact, and we're starting the show with some family drama. It's a tables match: Dina versus Jake something. Now, this feud's been going on for a while. Obviously, uh, Cody Dina and Cousin Jake, um, part of the, the Dina family, they were best friends. They, they were cousins, almost like brothers. And Dina got corrupted by Eric Young. He joined Violent by Design. And they've been determined to take out Jake something. Uh, and it's all come to a head tonight on Impact as the two are going to clash in a tables match. Um, these two had a, had an okay match the other night, um, at, uh, No Surrender. So it was quite nice seeing the gimmick kind of being added to this, a bit of a stipulation. And yeah, let's get right into it. Dean is just playing dirty right away. He's trying to bite Jake on the nose. Jake hits a clothesline to the back of Dina's neck. Um, Jake's on the outside trying to set up one of the tables. And as he's doing it, Dina hits a baseball slide, crashing the table into his face. Jake then balances a table on the second ropes um, and Jake then kind of um, charges towards Dina to kind of put him through it. But Dina moves, sidestepping him and Jake goes jaw first into this table. Um, look look quite nasty, uh, Andrew, and a bit of a, a kind of bump we don't often see in tables matches. 
I loved it, Davey. That's mm. all I got to say. I loved it. I mean, well, I hope he's all hope he's okay, of course. But yeah, it, you know, it, it spice up, uh, add a little razzle dazzle to the programming, man. Yeah, I thought it was really different. So it, it, he basically went jaw first into the edge of the table at full speed. Looked great. Uh, Dina is then laid across the table um, on the turnbuckle. Uh, Dina starts escaping, raking the eyes. There's a table now across the apron and the barricade on the outside where Jake sets it up. Jake tries to backdrop Dina through it, but Dina manages to escape by attacking the eyes once again. We then get this somersault from Dina on the outside, but he's caught by Jake. He goes to powerbomb him through this table on the outside, but Dina escapes. They're now fighting back into the ring. Uh, There's a superplex that's teased to the outside through the table, but Dina again escapes. Now Jake starts to hulk up. He pops up Dina and hits a sit-out powerbomb. And the commentary here, Stryker and D'Lo, were kind of questioning whether Jake had maybe ran out of energy because the table was about three feet away from him and he decided to go for a sit-out powerbomb, which seemed a bit stupid, but I think commentary were kind of trying to cover it here. Like, oh, his energy's not there. Dean has still got a bit of gas in the tank, that kind of thing. Uh, Jake then gets slammed into the steel steps. They're fighting up on the stage and Jake goes for a powerbomb on the stage, but Dina low blows him. And then Dina charges at Jake down the ramp. Jake picks him up and puts him through the table with a spine buster, winning the match in nine minutes, 21 seconds. So, yeah, I, I thought this was a good opener. Mm. Like it was, it was kind of, like, I mean, well, not from a, well, you know what? I, I do think it was a good over because I, I like that it was not like a tables match to open the show. Like, I feel like like this is like the second week in a row where Impact has um, opened the show with something that has intrigued me or caught my interest, like, right off the bat. Like, last week, I think they had, like, a, I can't remember. I, I know it was a hot, it was a hot start to the show, and I know me and you were talking about that. I think it was with the, uh, some people in the X Division, and it was just something, like, really, re- really intriguing. And then once I saw the tables, uh, to open this shop, like, hmm, okay, I'm locked in. There we go, you got me. Because I'm interested to see somebody uh go through a table. But yeah, um, with, with Jake, something I wanted to bring up, like the the presentation uh, that he had coming on the show. I, I'm pretty like I know he's made this interest before with this new repackage, or you know, not even a new repackage, just what he does on the independent scene. But like, I was I was imagining like if he had a crowd to um to actually react to his um his chant when he was like what's my name and then the crowd of course gonna change something I, I, I thought that would have been like a real uh like a real cool thing but yeah man uh it was one spot uh i, I think it was i think it was i think you mentioned it when they were on the steps and it looked like uh jake was about to slam them off dude he slipped it looked like it looked like he legit slipped um and his the the corner of his back hit the hit the side of the ring steps I cringed. Yeah, I was, going, I, I was going to ask you. I was like, Dave, how, how how much would they have to pay you to take that bump? Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do back day a lot more times first. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, very painful. I I really enjoyed this match you, as well. You kind of mentioned last week we started off. I think it was that TJP yeah, Josh Alexander match, yep. and I really hope moving forward they keep to this formula because once again no commercial break interrupting this whereas in the past i feel we've had our opening match kind of split with a break and going a good almost 10 minutes here straight through 
um, grabbed my attention, got me hyped up for the rest of the show. Um, look, I'm not saying that this is the greatest tables match of all time, but right. I think for a, a TV match, I thought it told the story. I thought they both did ways of kind of escaping the table bump, like being able to tease that almost your your near falls with the table throughout the match that kept me interested. Um, we mentioned that running jaw first into the table I thought was cool. And I felt kind of put a nail in the coffin of this violent by design feud with Jake and Jake's going to move on. And I mean, he's going to move on within this very show, but I'm hoping they've got big things planned for him because Jake seemed very featured this week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I was going to ask you, David, do you think, I mean, of course I know the, um, the piped in crowd noise has been in for a while, but like, I don't know, like I, I like noticed it tonight and it wasn't bad. Like I just like, this is like really enhancing the product and it's helping. I was just wondering like what you thought was that just like me, like, just paying attention to it too much. No, I think I think Impact are actually doing it really well. Um, there's there's times like I think the end of the show tonight, there were chance of this is Impact or Impact Wrestling or stuff like that where you go, come on. Um, but what I like is it's not overbearing. It's it's not like the just barrage of noise you get from like the Thunderdome of the cheering. It's it no sounds Shane, like no Shane O'Mac chance, baby. <laughs> it's the Triple H ones that got me. I can't ever recall hearing a Triple H chant. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's the right sound for the size of the studio that it doesn't feel jarring at all. That you don't really notice there aren't people there. It's not overbearing, but it definitely fills in those awkward silences that Impact had for quite a while. After the match, Moose comes out and spears Jake through the table in the ring. And he gets out a chair, sets it up, and he says, I said that I gave Swan an ultimatum. I'm going to face him for the championship tonight. And I'm not going to leave the ring until I get what I want. I want my title match. We come back after commercials. We see Jake being helped out. We've, we're told that he sustained some injuries. Uh, Moose is still waiting in the ring for his match when Scott Demore comes out and tells Moose, you can't do this. You can't be holding the show hostage. Moose says, hey, look, there's another hour and a half of time to showcase some great matches. All I want is my match. I just want my title match. And then this is when Jake tries to come back to fight Moose. And Moose gives him a warning. He says, uh, if you come in to this ring... What I did to you just then through the table won't be anything compared to the pain I'm going to deliver. Scott said that Moose always finds a way to piss away his talents. He did it in the past. He's doing it again now. And he said, look, you walk around carrying that TNA World Heavyweight Championship. And it makes me mad because TNA was something I was proud about. I helped build it. So as of now... I'm going to make that TNA, TNA Championship official and you will defend it tonight against Jake something. So obviously this TNA Championship has not been recognised since Moose has been carrying it around the last year. Um, Scott Demore now sanctioning it, making it an official title and it will be a title match in the main event tonight on Impact. Uh, what were your thoughts of this of this sanctioning and what do you think about the TNA championship going forward? I, I went through like several different thoughts and like this whole four minute 
time span that this segment took place with Moose. Like, at f- firstly, I was like, uh, once he sat down in the, in the ring and started talking about the Impact World title, I was thinking about, I was like, so so I, I wonder, uh, I was like, when, when Moose wins the Impact World title, like, this is before the announcement of the, the, the TNA World title being officially recognized, I was thinking, I was like, so when Moose wins the World title, I wonder what they're going to do with the TNA title. Like, are they going to, like, give it to Jake something or something like that? And then, lo and behold, they announced that uh, the TNA World title was being recognized, and then I was like, well, Moose isn't winning the Impact World title because I, I I don't know why I just kind of got this feeling that that was kind of like the a, a way to uh, like a, a, until this whole I would say until they get the Rich Swan Kenny Omega match out the way I feel like this is sort of a placeholder for Moose it's like to of, officially acknowledge him as a world champion in Impact right now because because I think they kind of in, uh, in a weird situation to where they probably want to do the Omega Swan match but they want to do it with Swan as the world champion since, seeing as how Kenny has probably already pinned him mm. and then you could probably do something like what, what we thought all along with everybody probably what everybody was predicting in the beginning is Omega probably becoming a double champ and then you know they Moose can keep playing up the whole I guess ideal of you you know what I'm saying? Like I I, I I'm like get, digging myself into a whole fantasy. No no I like, I think yeah. I, I've been saying this for a, a while where you've got these two titles in there. It can be a way of getting one of these titles on Kenny, helping that belt collector story, but not losing your world championship in your company. Mm-hmm. So whether you have Kenny take the Impact World Championship and the TNA Championship on Moose starts getting defended more. Or the other way round, you can have Kenny win the TNA title. Uh, I think it's kind of a way of maybe protecting Impact a little bit, that you're not just giving away your biggest prize to another company. You've kind of got your backup world title, and that's Mm. what I see them doing here. I think they're just setting up for the eventual Kenny win of whichever belt it will be. I I think that's a good call right there. I definitely think that's that's probably the way they're going to end up going. But yeah, I think that... That, like that TNA world title was like them officially crowning Moose the Impact World Champion without actually putting the Impact World Champion on him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go. We go to our next match of the evening. It's a six-man tag match with championship implications. Trey Miguel, Willie Mack and Josh Alexander taking on the team of Ace Austin accompanied by Madman Fulton, Chris Bay and Black Taurus accompanied by Rosemary and Crazy Steve from Decay. And yeah, the winning team of this match will face next week in a triple threat um, to determine the number one contender for the X Division Championship. The match starts with Trey and Chris Bay doing some really nice chain wrestling, not quite going to their high flying yet, but just some really nice grappling in the ring. Uh, Trey gets the upper hand and starts showing off by doing jumping jacks. Um, we then get this series of great like rolling pin combos from Trey Miguel. Looked really good. Black Taurus and Willie Mack then go at it for a bit. This was quite a fun exchange. The two bigger guys of the match just throwing each other around and showing that even though they're big, these guys can move. There were some beautiful arm drags and throws here from the two. Uh, Josh Alexander and Black Taurus then have an exchange with some quite stiff slaps and chops back and forth. Taurus then hits the whisper in the wind 
Alexander catches Bay from a Rana and hits a big powerbomb across the knee. This move always looks painful. Whenever Josh Alexander does this, it just looks like the other guy's back is broken. Trey picks up a near fall on Austin. Trey hits a cheeky Nando's um, to Ace Austin before tagging in, tagging in Willie Mack. Um, Bay saves Austin from an apparent doomsday device. And then everyone's just kind of flying around, getting their stuff in, moving to the outside of the ring. Uh, we get a pop-up forearm from Mac to Austin for a two. Austin then hits the fold to Mac, which looked awesome. Mac selling this, just spiking right on his head. But Trey makes the save. We then get this crazy, like, backbreaker from Taurus, where he's just bending, um, I think it was Trey Miguel, across his back before um, slamming him across his knee for the backbreaker. We get Alexander with the ankle lock to Austin, a slingshot DDT from Bay to Alexander, an exploder from Mac to Bay. Mac misses the frog splash, and then we get the Art of Finesse cutter, the springboard cutter from Chris Bay to Willie Mac, and one, two, three. Bay picks up the win for his team in 13 minutes, 15 seconds. Baby, I need... I, I need Chris Bay, Ace Austin, and Black Taurus. I need 20 minutes. I need 20 minutes next week, Davey. That's what we need. Any Anything less is is disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I can see that maybe being the show, the match that kicks off the show next week. Um, yeah, I, I thought this six-man was great. Um, all the talent involved here are, are really entertaining to watch. I, I liked that every time someone else got tagged in, they kind of switched up the styles a bit you had um like the chain wrestling at the beginning then a bit more kind of um the sort of bigger man stuff then alexander just bringing in a bit of strong style as well i, I thought it was a really fun six man here and yeah austin bay and taurus i think could have a great match next week yeah i definitely agree the six, the six man was real solid uh impact off to off, off to a good start tonight. Absolutely, they they, had, they 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 had a real good start to the show. But I gotta tell you, it was the after match stuff, and I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. That that I'm very very interested in, and 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 I'm, I'm gonna let you take it from there. Right. Well, I I just wanted to ask you um about uh, just bringing up the Sammy Guevara thing again because we mm. from what we believe uh, the black uh, like oh, black yeah. Taurus has replaced Sammy, so. Obviously, this is all rumors, speculation, so we don't know for sure. But I think it's a real shame. We could have had Sammy in this six-man tonight. Uh, we could have had Sammy versus Ace Austin versus Chris Bay next week. Um, I I don't know what the kind of creative differences are, but if that was the plan, I think that sounds great and is exactly where I'd play Sammy if I was kind of running Impact. Yeah, that that... Now, see, if that was the direction that they were going in, like, every, but uh, everything that they are doing with Black Taurus is meant for Sammy Guevara, I think that would have been interesting. Like, I, I, I don't know how Sammy would have fit with fit in with uh, Decay. I, I don't know how that would have worked uh, to start at all, but I think this specific position, like, I oh, think that would have been. Oh, okay. I didn't think yeah. of that. I didn't see him yeah. as being part of Decay. But... Yeah, but remember when, um, when he the Black Taurus he debuted alongside uh yeah what came, came back alongside Rosemary and Crazy Steve so I I, I couldn't really see Sammy Guevara fitting in like that like that would have been kind of weird 
to see Sammy in there because they're like it's just a contrast of like like how, how the how the hell did these three like get together like that have been that that have been kind of off a little bit especially considering Sammy was just like um t- the the way the TV was um he was just coming off of breaking up with the inner circle or it was like that that following day so it'd have been weird but like seeing Sammy in this spot uh with Chris Bay Ace Austin that would have been money and I mean I, I and that's no slight on Black Taurus at all like. I, I, no, I think no, not been, at all. I, he, I like him. He's been fantastic, but I'm talking about like from a, like from a personality standpoint. I feel like the mix between Bay, Ace, and Sammy would have been, it all, like just just like the cherry on top to what they could have did in the ring. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I didn't even put together that Sammy might have been pitched to be with Decay. In which case, I can understand why he shot it down. But from from a match point of view, I, I think it would have been excellent. Uh, something else I just want to note, Matt Stryker brought up on commentary the relationship that Impact have with AAA and that that's why we have Black Taurus here and points out that we um, Leo Rush is one of the champions and Kenny Omega is one of the champions. So a bit of mm. a name check for Leo Rush who just seems to be in every promotion right now. Well, Leo Rush is the man. I'm I'm happy for that brother, for real. Like they, Some uh, retirement they're, 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 he's having, eh? <laughs> some hell of a retirement, like... They, they, I know you, um, you, 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 very into like, because you, you, you I, I say very into NXT, like, like uh, you do the reviews, like we all know you do the reviews. You and Braden, go check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Quick plug, <laughs> but yeah, not uh, like those days when, um, I'm pretty sure you guys covered it. You know those days in NXT, like I guess when, like when Leo Rush first made his comeback, and you know the conversations came up about his initial run on the main roster in WWE and mm. how things really didn't work out and. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the 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 stories that were around as far as, you know, what he had to go through uh, with working with other people and the, the whole Mark Henry situation and all, all, all that crazy stuff that went on. And knowing that he got to a point where he felt like he didn't love professional wrestling anymore and needed to kind of step away from it. And to see where he is now, it's always good. Like I like I just want to kind of bring this up like the, the it, it always seems like they are like an additional extra layer of stresses that black men and women in professional wrestling kind of have to take on. And we've seen that with the ACH situation. We've seen yeah. that and in, in, in countless other examples that, you know, we can dive into and do a whole three hour, two hour podcast on, but seeing how Leo rush kind of got singled out and how people made this assumption that he was the bad guy in the situation. And like, it, like th- just seeing him go through that and, and even ACH like that kind of the same similar vein as far as like their experiences over the past several years and kind of seeing them sort of I guess lose that spark for professional wrestling and then have it come back and then to see where they are now especially Leo like dude's literally all over the place like he's this is not a place he's not like so it's it's, so it's just real cool to see um that upward trajectory from him like knowing where he was uh, several years ago. Um, so yeah, that that's just been like a real cool thing that you just uh, you know, that you brought that kind of all oh, that just came to mind when you when when you mentioned that he was all over the place. Yeah, because he had the the Lashley story on the main roster, which and then there seemed to be a bit of problems with WWE, and then yeah. they they kind of had another go at him, and he had those great matches against Gaza on NXT. Yes. And had the championship run and everything seemed to be turning round for him. The company seemed to be behind him and then just disappeared again. And what I will say is if he's working with all these companies, I 
like it, it was kind of painted originally that he's hard to work with is is yeah. kind of what the reports are but what i'll say is if so many companies are going with him and i'm not hearing any reports maybe it's sometimes the other way around you know <laughs> you, you want to know what i think it is david to be honest with you i think i think leo knows how good he is yeah and I don't think WWE views him in the same way that Leo views himself. Like, I, like, dude, that's a that's a confident, that's confident black man right there, bro. And he knows yeah. how good he is. He knows how talented he is, and he views himself like I, like I'm pretty sure you said it at a point. Like, Leo Rush could have been Intercontinental Champion. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I did, like I thought he could have he could have hit that milestone for sure. Like and maybe Leo views him. He openly voiced his opinion about him feeling like he could compete with the Finn Balor's and he could compete with you know anybody that was on um, the Raw SmackDown at the time and and hang with them and be a legit character on TV opposed to just doing the managerial stuff. And m- maybe sometimes within that WWE system, you voicing your opinion doesn't necessarily get you where you want to be. And I'm pretty sure we've heard we've all heard examples of that countless times uh, just with any superstar in general, any wrestler in general. Like so, man. Maybe that didn't do Leo any favors, but like, like, like you just said, we haven't heard anything since he came back to the independent scene. He's been working in all these different places in New Japan, and Rocky Romero has openly stated that they love Leo over there. They they can't wait to bring him over to Japan. Leo, this man is holding the uh, the AAA Cruiserweight title. We haven't heard anything about that. He's uh, been on the Indies countless countless shows on the on the independence right now. I haven't heard a, a word about him. N- nothing negative. So like, at, 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 sometimes the way the story is painted is not always the you know in, in favor of the 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 individual or the individuals that are putting out or say a story or I looked at in the l- initially looked at in a positive way as, as far as like say a story goes. Absolutely. So Trey comes to, talking of people who have had their names smeared by WWE. <laughs> <laughs> Trey comes backstage. And Sammy Callahan is right behind him and he asks if he's going to run away again. He goes, I think you're going to quit. I think you're going to flake out. He goes, no, I know you didn't get t- pinned, but your team get beat, got beat. And then Sammy brings up again uh, that Trey might have a lack of passion. So Trey attacks Sammy Callahan, beating him up and all security come to try and pull them apart. So now the feud is officially on its way. They've started hitting each other. Um, yeah, th- I think this is the right time to pull the trigger on this. Uh, he had one more shot at kind of X Division aspirations. He failed. Let's get cracking with this Sammy Callahan feud now. Chef, chef's kiss, Davy. Chef's kiss. This is great. I, I, I love this uh, trade Sammy Callahan stuff. I think we talked about this over the past well, several two weeks now, we we've been talking about like this 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 possibly happening. Mm-hmm. I've been very big on this because I think this is what Trey Miguel needs. He's like, bro, he he's like a little bit like too white meat baby face, like just like just a little like just a little bit too much like over the top with the white meat baby face. But like I feel like this is what he needs. Like he needs edge. He needs somebody to kind of like take him there and like make him angry and like kind of rough him up. And Sammy Callahan is that dude, and I hope they have some type of like um, stipulation match to where you you see Trey take it to the next level physically. Like we all know, he can do all the athletic stuff. He can do the high flying. He can mix it up in the ring with the best of them. But like 
I want to see how good, how like how he how quick he gets up from getting hit in the hit in the back with a chair or something like along those lines. See him fight through some like some fight fight through some adversity. So I think this Sammy Callahan story is going to be good for Trey, and then uh, ultimately it's going to lead to him winning the X Division Championship or uh, being a contender for the for the world title. Yeah, I think they've done a great job with him coming back. Um, he deliberately hasn't been winning matches to kind of fuel this storyline. But every match he's been in, he's been quite featured during it and showing off how good he is. So I, he hasn't really lost anything uh, from the fans' point of view, I don't think, in these losses. But just Sammy bringing it all to light, uh, I, I think it's it's making this story pretty good. Um, and I'm completely with you. I, th- I think this is kind of bigger than a X division title match, like an actual mm. proper serious feud. Um, I, I think it's a good thing. And I hope this propels him more to the, uh, world title scene rather than yeah. the X division. Yeah. I was going to add, I was like, I- I'm, I'm a big fan just in like professional wrestling in general when there are feuds outside of the title picture that are like kind of, uh directly related to a title mm. or titles but they're still like separate and there's like you, you know it's just, it's just something else going on outside of the title picture like that's always like one of my big thumbs up moments in professional wrestling when i see people doing that and companies or promotions doing that when you just have multiple storylines going on outside of what you can do for your championship i was like that that makes everything better because then you get to see the progression of certain characters and you'd be like oh i think they could fit in this title picture or they can plug them in and in and out of that title picture like you 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 always get good things when you have multiple fuse going on but uh yeah i was gonna i was gonna mention to you real quick you you well, you know when you mentioned mentioned trey's uh forthcoming i'm sure his, his, his i'm sure his forthcoming success got gotta mention uh Nash Carter and Wesley, man, coming from Ooh. coming from Impact, these dudes are literally getting fast tracked, rightfully so, and I and I think uh, that this is that, that that is the right way to introduce a new talent. Like you can literally make anybody a star in professional wrestling. You just got to present them as such. They have literally been presented as such, and look at these dudes. Like they are literally what two weeks away, maybe. For winning the uh, NXT tag titles, I think you might as well go ahead and go all the way with them. They don't even got them this far, so you know you, you might as well. I was just wondering, like, what you um, like, could your quick your quick thoughts? Oh, they, about, they've like, been just, yeah. they've been fantastic. Obviously, I've I've been a fan of the Rascals since watching them in Impact, and uh, they're not just the match at the Takeover, but every match in this tournament has really put them over. The match at Takeover was incredible. It was mm-hmm. such a good match. And I know like a lot of our listeners don't watch the TV. They just watch the takeovers. They completely grabbed their attention for people that had never seen them before. And then I think they were actually perfect on NXT last week, just doing the over-the-top <laughs> reactions to the women's tag segment, the eating the popcorn. Um, I think very quickly they've become um, kind of fan favorites in NXT. Part of me, I- I'm with you, strike while the iron's hot. But also, they're a babyface tag team. Once they've won them, it's kind of yeah. like, what next? Right. So right. I-, I can see you doing a bit of a chase with them, uh, with the titles, and maybe not being successful right away. Um, because I think personality-wise, they-, they have enough of it that they could carry a long chase before yeah, not- eventually being crowned. Now, now that you say that, that that does kind of make sense, like them being baby fit because it's like, OK, so let's say they beat Danny and Oni, then, you know, like what's like, like what's out there? But you gonna go to the rematch again. 
Mm. Like, so yeah, now you, you make a good point with that. Yeah, or you you could always have the the titles go to grizzled young vets before yeah. then or whatever. And they have them chase. Yeah, but I mean, it would be yeah. nice. We've got we've got crowd for mania in April. Um, who knows? Maybe after that, whether a, a takeover will have fans at some point or whatever. So maybe a big MSK win is something you could leave for then. But obviously, everything's uncertain right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what was also uncertain was this promo. I didn't have a clue what was going on. It was Decay backstage, Rosemary, <laughs> Crazy Steve, and Black Taurus. They're in a dark room with some sinister lighting. And Rosemary says, it has been five long years since we were summoned to this realm. Wait, no, four. Crazy Steve says that it is time to rejoice. Children of the Hive, the resurrection of the Death Dealers is now upon us. They want to bring back treasures. First, the X Division Championship next week. And then the rest. Without death, there is no life. Without darkness, there is no light. We are nature correcting its course. Dawning of the new age of a shadow. Decay, decay, decay. Mwahahaha. I, I, I wanted darkness. Darkness <laughs> in my room so I can go to sleep. That's what I, that's what, that's what, <laughs> Davey, I, I, like, this, um, uh, uh, the undead realm stuff, like, it, it, it's time, bro. It's time. It is. It's time. It's, I don't mind them carrying like elements of it into their character, but it's, it's time to completely move away from the, the, yeah, we moved here four years ago from an undead realm and all that. It's, it's my problem with all of these promos in wrestling. Your, your Bray Wyatt's, even when Finn Balor was the demon and he was going on about his demon kinghood or whatever it is, it's just, it's saying a load of spooky words without saying anything at all. I think what they were saying here is that Black Taurus is going to win the X Division Championship and then they're hopefully going to win the other championships. That's what it sounded like, but it was this isn't my kind of thing. I know I know there are people out there. I've I have friends who think uh the Alexa Bliss Randy Orton Fiend story is the best shit in wrestling right now. <laughs> they love it. There there are these people out there and power to them if if they enjoy it that's that's good for them but it it's not really my cup of tea <laughs> this isn't my my thing either i was kind of just like waiting for it to be over to be honest with you yeah well let's move on we go to a paid advertisement from AEW we see uh the tonys tony khan tony shivani but this time they're joined by some AEW talent you have had the whole had the whole gang with them man yeah you've got reba and Britt baker you've got ricky starks and brian cage Traitor. you've got uh ryan nemeth uh who else was there you had who's uh, on the uh, right? pre- uh, uh, isaiah cassidy and, isaiah um, cassidy and matt hardy, and matt that hardy. that's right um Tony Khan says that he loves doing this charity work for Impact every week. He says, it feels like uh, it's this little kid I mentor once a week. Every Tuesday, I go and check on them. He says, 4% of the roster are here with me right now. And this 4% alone is more talent than you will get in years on your show. Mm -hmm. Shivani goes to start running down tomorrow's Dynamite, but Britt Baker interrupts him to plug her match against Nyla. 
she kind of fluffs her lines a bit here. Um, then Ricky Starks and Brian Cage go to plug their match against the Varsity Blondes. Um, they make the mistake of giving Cage the mic and he says that he's a former Impact champion, but that championship means nothing after he left. It just went downhill. But he seemed to kind of flub his lines a little bit as well. Um, then you have uh, Ryan Nemeth, who's talking about being an actor in Hollywood and that he's got his match against Moxie coming up. Isaiah Casti promotes his match with uh, Hangman Page and says, I'm going to drop your ass like I did last week. And Matt Hardy says that at Revolution, he will destroy um, Hangman physically and financially. And that's when we just get the rundown of tomorrow's matches. We have John Moxley versus Ryan Nemeth, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose in the Eliminator Tournament, Jake Hager versus Brandon Cutler, Hangman Page versus Isaiah Cassidy, uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage taking on the Varsity Blondes, and in the main event, Ray Phoenix versus Lance Archer in the ladder match qualifier. Um, yeah. The, this this one seemed to ruffle some feathers. What what were your thoughts on this week's paid ad, advertisement? Man, uh, Brian Cage's uh, return to Impact Wrestling. He sneaked this in the company he was um, world champion in recently. So, like, f- fairly recently, I should say. Yeah. Like, the, but Brian Cage, like, the, I, I would say him out of everybody in this ad, I, I like, just for, like, um, like and of course I like I I have no clue if there if there will be any issue uh, between either side but if, if if there was to ever be any issue like I would see it coming from Brad Cage because the, the dude was never loyal like you do you you remember when he tried to um be in the casino battle royal at double or nothing when he was Impact World Champion and then they and then Impact told him that he couldn't um he couldn't be on the show with the I think it was while he was world champion or with the it, it was some along those lines but he tried to um he, he was like literally about to be in the casino battle royal then impact pulled him from yeah, I mean, he, yeah he signed quite a while before making his debut didn't he in AEW yeah he, he denied it publicly but you know that that yeah. always happens yeah. <laughs> yeah um so I'm just gonna go right to the tweet I there might be more but from what I saw Tommy Dreamer was not particularly happy about this. And I don't know, th- th- this didn't seem like a work tweet to, to me. It, it felt like Tommy was maybe right a little upset. He says, promo lesson 101, build the person you are talking about up. If you win or lose, you have beaten or lost to someone special. When more than half your staff worked Impact Wrestling, don't shit on the place that helped them because you're basically shitting on yourself. Hashtag Fact. Hashtag Brian Cage sneak right, right, right that that was Tommy Dreamer's direct tweet at Cage <laughs> but nah man uh like it, it seemed like Tommy was kind of blurring the lines a little bit like I can't really call it if it was like him adding on you know to the story but you 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 have heard often in wrestling where you when you in a feud with somebody the smart thing to do is to build them up and not tear them down because once the match happens and you beat them nobody's gonna care because yeah. all you did was belittle them the whole time and then made them seem like it, it was nothing but if you build them up and you beat them then it makes you know your win seem better and keeps them strong uh coming out of it so like i mean I, tommy tommy's an old school dude um and you can kind of you you I, I wouldn't put it past him to see like to for him to get somewhat upset at that that now i don't even want to use the word upset like it's sort of i guess 
frustrated, I guess is the proper word to to at that pay add to you know because like me, David, you said it countless times. Like we can go back to like when we when we first started uh, covering the shows when they um when when the paid ads first started happening. Like Impact is not fired back yet. Like at any, we're point. still waiting. They, they they have literally not done anything. Like you you would think at this point, literally like two months into it now, you would think at some point like there would be some type of comment from Scott Demore on behalf of Impact, like just taking a like a couple shots at uh at Tony Khan and AEW, but that hasn't happened yet. Impact has literally been like the butt of the joke for the paid ads. Like and like, like last week we talked about how um how, how like over the the weeks prior it was kind of like uh like light Tony Khan. Like he was kind of taking it easy. But like over mm. these past two weeks he's been he's been letting them have it. Savage. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with Tommy here. Um again, like no shots have been made. The only impact talent we've really had on uh AEW is the Good Brothers. And although they're technically impact contract, they, they, no yeah. no one sees them as impact people. They're the outsiders, right? They're National Hall. They no one buys them as team impact. You they're there for themselves and they're Kenny's boys. So yeah, th- this just feels when there's no one fighting back, it just feels like bullying. It just feels like Brian Cage just being like, yeah, all the champions were shit after me. And and kind of t- Tony saying that this 4% of talent is more than all of yours. I feel when they've been mocking kind of Impact's finances and Impact's management and something like that, it's it feels fun and a bit of banter. But when you're just saying your wrestlers are shit and there's no... <laughs> There's no comeback. It it does feel just a bit like mean spirited. And I know we're talking about wrestling here, which is the idea is for people to piss each other off and there'd be a right. feud. But it just feels like Tony does legit pay to have impact as his punching bag once a week. Like I, I feel like it would be, but like see the thing is, there's no impact representation at this like see if there was some type of impact representation right now at the revolution pay-per-view coming up in a couple of weeks i'd be like okay maybe something is brewing or or maybe it is we just don't know but like it just seems like impact is about to be like the constant like you said punching bag for a while and then on the, 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 I'm you, the cherry on top is going to be can you imagine these pay ads and what tony Khan going to say if kenny omega wins the impact world title it's over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm still I'm still being optimistic. I, I think we will have a comeback at some point. Um but maybe they're just they're waiting for the right moment to pull the trigger, right? You you think you think they're gonna give them the uh they're gonna give us the old school uh WWE Survivor series brawl when it's gonna be there you're gonna see a bunch of impact talents coming in the daily place or something like that. You should you know what would be a, a crazy visual? Um, is if there is some kind of invasion angle after the barbed wire exploding death match. Mm. So you can literally have just talent all lied out, covered in barbed wire explosions, whatever mayhem that match is going to cause. I think visually it could be it could be kind of cool if you then you have it then. But I do feel um, impact need to fire back soon, and I feel like a broken record. I've said this every single week. <laughs> We go backstage with Havoc and Nevaeh. Havoc is trying to console Nevaeh. She's saying, look, I know we've lost a lot recently, but it doesn't mean we have to break up. 
Nevaeh says she just needs some time on her own and walks off. But Tanil Dashwood and C- Caleb with a K have heard the whole thing. And Tanil says, all I can say is carpe diem, seize the moment. This team's meant to be. Look, we've already sorted out our entrance music. We've got matching gear. We've got a team name even. And she says, yeah, you know how you you spell havoc differently. You spell havoc with a K. Like C- Caleb with a K. Wow. Havoc doesn't look interested at all and she walks off. Um, So they're still teasing that um, Havoc and Tennille might happen. Obviously, it looks like we're leading to a Tennille-Havoc match at some point. Or maybe Havoc does go with Tennille. Yeah, I mean, like they're coming off a um, tag title loss at the No Surrender show, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah, so I, 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 I think that's one of the, the things in wrestling that can be sometimes difficult is when somebody's coming off a title loss or uh, a, a big match loss. Like, it's kind of difficult to figure out what to do with them after because you don't want to maybe just put them right back in the same thing and kind of repeat and, you know, rinse and repeat type thing. So um, maybe they're just trying to spice it up a little bit between Havoc and Nevaeh by inserting Tennille instead of Frey. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's probably going to still be Havoc and Nevaeh. Yeah, maybe we get to Neil taking like one on one with Nevaeh, one on one with Havoc, and then maybe eventually a Nevaeh Havoc match. Um, how, how, how about this, Davey? This is a a real bright idea. How about Tanil gets built up for a couple of weeks and we get Tanil versus Diana? Well, yeah, it, I mean that would be nice, right? <laughs> Beat Havoc and Nevaeh, get some wins under her, maybe turn babyface and challenge Diana. I like it. We, too, 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 too much of an idea, David. Too yeah. Idea. <laughs> Our next match is Triple XL taking on the Impact Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. Hey, the Good Brothers. I was going to ask you, do, do you like the part in uh, Gall- I mean, uh, in the Good Brothers' interest when um, Anderson does the machine gun thing and then the sound effects come off the uh, come out of the speakers? I don't, I don't know if that was just me, but like I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like I, I know he's done it before, but like it just kind of stuck out to me this week. I like it because you know you're going to... Like, if that came at the same point in the song every time, you know you're going to imitate it, right? Right. Like, right. I, I think it's kind of cool. Um, there isn't a whole lot to this match, to be honest. The Good Brothers yeah. double-team Larry D for a bit. Uh, Gallows goes against AC Romero and and Larry. He's taking on both of them. It feels like I'm watching this in slow motion, to be honest. Um at one point, a rear chin lock is applied to Larry D, and D'Lo Brown is is really trying to sell me on this move that it's that it's a good move. But sorry, D'Lo, it's a rear chin lock. <laughs> it's not the most exciting thing in the world. Uh, AC Romero gets knocked out of the ring, and we get the magic killer to Larry D. One, two, three. Um, yeah, just just about five minutes here. This match. Um, yeah, I didn't really like this one, to be honest. It, 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 I don't think it was like any substance to it. I think they just needed like the, I, I just say the Good Brothers needed a win, bro. It felt like they just been walking around as Impact Tag Team champions, but on AEW wrestling more than they are. Impact. Yeah, so I, I feel like this is like just something like just to get just to get them a win, get to get them on television in the ring. So like just just to, just to put something under their belt. I, but I really didn't pay I, attention. That's to exactly it. what it was. It was to have the champs on TV show that they're impressive by being able to 
take out these two big guys in pretty quick fashion. Um, but yeah, I think we can move on. There, there wasn't a whole lot to this match really at all. But I know you're going to want to talk about this place. It's a place we all want to go to. It's Swingers Palace. <laughs> we see James Storm and Chris Saban. They're playing blackjack, drinking away. Um, Swinger, obviously, they're upset about. Someone's upset about the last hand because Swinger calls it the Montreal Screw Job. Saban is trying to talk Storm, kind of how to play blackjack, and he's he's urging him to hold right now because he's at seventeen. And the the house is on 16. So he's like, it's I should stick if I were you. That's when Rohit and Shira come in. And Rohit jumps in the table and plays right away. He gets 20, so sticks. But the house gets 21, beating him. And then James Storm and Rohit start arguing. And Saban tells them all to calm down. Because he loves this place. He says, I love it here. And I don't want to get kicked out. Like, we've been kicked out of every other bar. And then the segment ends with Johnny Swinger booking the match of James Storm versus Rohit Raju. So everyone can place a bet on it. Yeah, man. So it looks like Rohit is fully out the uh, exhibition title picture for now, huh? I guess, yeah. And um, flirting with the tag division right now. So uh, I was surprised. This kind of felt like how they used to set up a match in uh, Wrestler's House. So mm-hmm. I felt we were then going to go to this match, but obviously it's going to be at another time. But They, they, they said it was happening at the, um, in front of, I mean, at, on the, 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 the pre-impact show that they call it. So I said seven. Oh, okay. Like, behind the, I can't remember exactly, it was behind the impact or something along those lines. But uh, yeah, that, that that's match is happening next week on that. So, it's, so we're not even going to see it on the Access show. It's going to be on the... Um, yeah, the, the, the pre-show of sorts. Yeah, i got to draw a line. I'm not doing a pre-show for <laughs> for Impact TV. But uh, I do. I, I have been quite enjoying the setting of Swingers Palace the last few weeks. I think it's uh, it works for me a bit better than WrestleHouse did. Um, I always kind of liked it back in the day where you had the APA always had their makeshift office where <laughs> you could set up stories and things. It's always quite a fun setting. Um, so I didn't mind this and didn't outstay its welcome either yeah I, I feel like these swinger segments like especially when you when we see them in back-to-back weeks i feel like they just work better when they're kind of quick and they're not like extra long and drawn out 100 percent. we go back to the good brothers um we see finn juice um juice robinson and david finley they're backstage as the good brothers enter and say they're going to scott hall their way in as they're doing the the scott hall nwo entrance pose and the good brothers ask, did you see us beat up everybody? And Finjuice replies, well, it, it took, you, took you guys long enough, didn't it? You're slowing down a bit. They go, yeah, you, you're, you're great tag team champions. You're the Impact champions. You've held the IWGP heavyweight tag titles. You've held those New York tag titles. <laughs> you are the best tag champions in the world at being hung over. And Finjuice walks off and Carl Anderson looks a bit offended. He's like, no, we weren't hungover. We weren't hungover. Um, just building up a bit more to this match, uh, which we know we're going to get down the line, I'm sure. Yeah, when, when Carl said, uh, he was like, oh, I'm not hungover at all. And Gallup was like, well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, that, that was funny. They got me right there. But, uh, 
Yeah, man. Uh, Finn Juice versus uh, Gallows and Anderson is definitely gonna happen. Do Do you think they they announce it for uh, for Sacrifice on May thir- on March thirteenth, or do you think they try to hold off on that to kind of keep uh, Finn Juice around for a little bit longer until the Rebellion show? I I think it, it feels like they're doing these matches on their Impact Plus. Uh, I imagine the the next main pay per view is going to be heavy with the AEW crossover. AW, and I right. I don't think Good Brothers, Finn Juice, as cool as it is, I don't think that's as big a tag match as you could do for that. Um, what's the name of the pay-per-view in April? Uh, Rebellion. Rebellion, right. I get confused because we've got Revolution coming up as well. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think this is going to be the uh, No Sacrifice pay-per-view. Was that the name? Sacrifice. I sacrifice. I can't you, keep up today with you thinking about no surrender. I was, yeah. That's how it was, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I agree with you. I think it's going to be um no I, I was about to say no surrender, but um the sacrifice, yeah. Like I like I don't know if maybe I don't know if it was just me, bro, but like are you like like into this Finn Juice good brother's thing or is it like just like kind of just eh? Like I I'm, I'm not really like like I I'm 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 at to see Juice Robinson and and David Finley and all, but it's like like this, like I mean, if this is what it is, but it just feels like nothing more than just like a TV view. Yeah, I. To be honest, I'm not into either teams. I I'm not really into any of them as singles guys, particularly either. Um, for me, it's just more. It's cool that we're seeing cross promotion, and mm-hmm. and that's kind of where the interest lies for me. But I, I can't say that the idea of a Finn Juice Good Brothers match particularly excites me. You, you, you think you think it's any shot that they take the titles off uh, the Good Brothers? No. Okay. No, I, I think they're just here for this cycle of tapings and then, then they'll move on and we'll get whoever the next crossover team is and singles act is for the next set is, is what I figure. Mm. We go to our next match. Eddie Edwards comes out and his opponent, Brian Myers, enters, but he's not in his ring gear and he's holding a mic and he says... I would love to have this match with you, but unfortunately, I can't. I'd love to tell you why, but I've been advised not to, and I'm going to pass you over to my lawyer, a Mr. Mark Sterling Esquire, who comes mm-hmm. on the big screen. Do you recognize this guy, Andrew? This is the individual from the uh, MJF and John Moxley feud. It is indeed. And, 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 and Davey also, this is the guy who co-hosts uh, the podcast with Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Okay, yeah, the guy. And, and, oh, and well, I, that makes I, a lot of sense then. Yeah, and I think he works at the um, I think he works at the Creator Pro Wrestling School with 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 Brian Myers too. Uh, so I, I think he was either I, I don't want to say he's, he he was a student. I think he's like a, a co-founder or co-owner or something. Like that. I, I just know he's a part of Creator Pro and he helped train like Chris Statlander and MJF and. Nice. Stuff like that. So yeah, he's uh like when I think he said um that they they were like he he was introduced to Myers through a mutual friend, and it made me think that was either MJF or that was like a like a little I, I guess oh so, 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 yeah I think no I think they were absolutely uh, referencing MJF. They were they mm-hmm. were bringing up undefeated in a court of law. They they were just referencing a lot of stuff from that kind of MJF Moxley trial if you will right um right. yeah i i think they absolutely assumed you knew who this guy was and were c- trying to just feed in some funny lines there yeah, um 
I was about to say his connection is kind of like it, it's kind of crazy though, like the how like intertwined he is. Because like before the AEW stuff, I, I didn't like I didn't know who he was, and then I recognized him from the um the Myers and Cardona podcast, and then ended up realizing he helped. I guess assumingly he helped train like Statlander and you know helped MJF and all that stuff. So it's it's kind of crazy. I like like intertwined he is and like all of this stuff and like he like he we most of us probably don't even know it and everyone sees him as a young guy with gray hair so like you've, mm-hmm. you've got to be a lawyer we're just gonna make you a lawyer you don't look like a wrestler <laughs> <laughs> so mark sterling says that there is an unsafe working environment at impact wrestling and unfortunately these conditions led to irreversible damage to my client's eyesight So I advise Myers not to wrestle tonight. But on his new contract, we had something added that in the event that he is not medically cleared to compete, a replacement will be made. And oh boy, what a replacement it was because out comes Hernandez and we're going to get Eddie Edwards versus Hernandez on free TV. Dream match. Dream match. Yes, as Hernandez is walking his way down the ramp, Edwards hits a tope suicida, taking him out. They're brawling round the outside as we go to commercial break. We come back after the break and Edwards gets tripped pretty badly on the apron. So his back just goes bouncing against the hardest part of the ring. Um, Myers starts beating up Edwards whilst the ref is turned. We get a big pounce from Hernandez. Um, at one point there... On the turnbuckle, Hernandez is going to go for something and the camera is right on him as you just hear him yelling moves, calling spots to Eddie Edwards. Edwards comes in with the superplex and then hits the Boston knee party off the second rope, pinning Hernandez in 2 minutes 28 seconds. That was the best thing about this is that it was 2 minutes and 28 seconds. It was over. It was quick. We're yeah. Probably going to see it again next week, but hey. This isn't a feud that's doing a whole lot for me. This uh, Brian Myers, Eddie Edwards thing. We, we've we've already had a match, haven't we? These guys. So um, it feels like it's all. We'll move to the next segment. Um, it feels like we're setting up the Brian Myers Matt Cardona feud more so. So Brian Myers comes to the back. He's really upset um, with Hernandez losing there, and Matt Cardona is just stood there. And Cardona's trying to explain that last week he hit him in the eye by accident. But Brian Myers doesn't want any of it. That's when Scott Demore comes in and just asks Myers, oh, how, how did your match go? He goes, yeah, yeah, just one, two, three, easy. And he goes, look, Brian, I saw what happened. I know you didn't wrestle the match. And this contract your lawyer's written up for you, it's it's very interesting because it, it looked like your lawyer didn't look up the minutia of the contract and i think he brings up article 17a that states that only a doctor from impact wrestling can decide whether talent is medically cleared or not to compete and myers doctor isn't the impact doctor and the impact doctor says myers is absolutely fine and therefore he's going to book an eye for an eye match between Hawkins and Edwards next week, where one man must remove the other person's eye. And to 
add even more to the stakes, Matt Cardona is going to be the special guest referee. And Scott Demore goes, oh, and make sure, sleeveless, of course. You've got to show off those pythons. And Kurt Hawkins going, wait, really? We're not seriously doing an eye for an eye match, are we? Demore goes, no, of course not. That's ridiculous. Who would do such a thing? Then what, a few weeks later, the eye is just miraculously fine again? <laughs> so stupid. Um, Demore was great here. I, I actually really enjoyed this segment. Hey, David, did the, um, did the Rollins uh, Mysterio app versus I imagine, did that win um, the post-worst of the year? Hey, no, it did not. Way and I really liked the match. <laughs> okay, okay. No, but see, the, the thing was, I, I, I liked the match. But like the after the after stuff is kind of like, like, like what are y'all doing, bro? <laughs> like, the hell is this? And and but the, see, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna give Ray Mysterio his props because he is still to this day rocking the the, the one eye uh the one eye mask, getting all his his designer mask, Louis Vuitton mask designed <laughs> for one eye. Like so, I, I'm, I'm gonna give Ray his props on that. It looks cool. It does look cool. Um, what did you make of this? Uh, we're going to Myers Edwards once again next week. It looks like this is to build up to the eventual Matt Cardona, Brian Myers match, but Scott Demore just stealing the segment with some, some great lines. Uh, Scott's very entertaining every week on you, you went, I, I feel like Scott had a real solid showing in multiple segments on yeah. tonight's show, like especially the, um, the thing with Moose. Like, I, I felt like he, really stood out when he was talking about how much the TNA world heavyweight title meant to him. Like I always kind of viewed that title, like even, even as Moose was holding it, and I think Moose has done a solid job, but like I always just kind of viewed it as like that, like the, 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 the not so good history. Of, yeah. Like it, it kind of just reminded you of the, 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 the less, let's say before the like TNA reboot, I guess we could call it like, which it, one? The, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 like it, it just reminded reminded me of like those bad periods uh, of, of impact. So like to hear Scott Demore talk about how you know that title meant a lot to him and the the TNA name means a lot to him and he helped build the company. Like it, it was kind of like you know it it it, it, it kind of further or like I, I guess maybe cemented the title a little bit. And then of course in this uh, segment. You know, he showed a little bit of his comedy side. Like we talked about the one last week where he was in the, um, the office with TJP and he was uh, had the back and forth with Rohit. Like, yeah, Scott Demore, he's very good on camera when he needs to be. And he, he doesn't like, he, he's not one of those authority figures that steals from the segment. He just adds to it. So, yeah, uh, I, props to Scott Demore. On paper, there is too much of Scott Demore on the show. And I, I could see that argument. He He's in a lot of segments uh, for a talent that doesn't wrestle. But the difference is I think he raises everyone else around him. Uh, I, I think he really injects life and energy into his segments and he really fuels other people with with stuff to come back at him with. And he's not afraid of looking the fool. Sure, he's the, the authority figure, but he's, he's rarely doing that thing like a Stephanie would do where he, she just absolutely puts someone down. It's always... Quite tongue in cheek. There's the little, the little slide digs at like WWE with here again with the, uh, the eye for an eye match and also referencing how the lawyer once again didn't check the minutia of the contract because that's exactly what happened with MJF and Mox. Um, 
yeah, I, I thought this was a pretty strong segment. And good job, Scott Damore. Good job, Scott. We go to a knockouts tag match. Kimberly and Susan with Deonna Perazzo in the corner, taking on Jordan Grace and Jazz. Uh, Susan, contendership. Number one contendership, exactly, for the knockouts tag team titles. Susan and Jazz starts the match. Uh, it's mainly Jazz just dominating. Uh, Deonna goes to grab the ankle of Jazz as the ref is distracted and then just chokes Jazz over the bottom rope. ODB then runs out to take out Deonna and then the referee throws both ODB and Deonna out from ringside. Um, Stryker was just on one tonight. That This referee's counting and I don't think I've ever heard a commentator talk about how ambidextrous the refs are. He's going, oh, here at Impact Wrestling, our referees are very ambidextrous. Look at our referee just there, counted the four with his left hand rather than his right. That's very important as this sport evolves. It's like, shut up, striker. He's hitting the mat with his left hand. Chill, bro. <laughs> like, um, Susan is then illegally in the ring and the referee asks her to leave and go back to the apron and Susan just plays the Karen role so well right here. She looks like she's just lost it with the manager and got a bit too angry and has been asked to leave the, the shop and she's now mad about it. Um, she's really tremendous here. Jazz and Kimberly then run into each other head first and both take a bump. Jordan and Susan are now tagged in. There's a big spine buster from Grace for a two. Her and Jazz double team Susan with like a... A suplex lift, but into a face-first slam. Uh, Jordan picks Susan up for the torture rack, but Susan escapes, but is immediately caught in a German suplex, which looked great. Susan then starts pulling at the ear of Jordan Grace, and I felt the match started to kind of fall apart a little bit here. It got a little bit sloppy. Uh, Kimber just walks into the ring, just enters the ring illegally, so the referee decides to go to Jazz instead because he remembers he's meant to be distracted. Then everyone kind of falls to the outside. There's an ankle lock from Susan, which gets counted into the Grace driver for the win in 12 minutes, 45 seconds. John Grace and Jazz win and are your number one contenders. Yeah, that, that, this match did kind of lose me at the end. I was kind of like, like at, at the beginning, I was interested. And then like, I guess like the latter stages of it, I just kind of picked up my phone. And then, yeah. like, I, but I, I caught the finish of it, and the, the the Grace Driver is legit one of my favorite moves out there. That and the, um, the Pentagon Driver, I'm, the, mm. I'm guessing it's the exact same thing, but I always like seeing those moves and like seeing them pull it off. It's like th those moves are like hella dangerous. Like, yeah. for real, like, you literally got somebody's neck like wide exposed, but Jordan Grace and Pentagon, they do it so well. But yeah, man, uh, Jordan Grace and uh, Jazz, they're getting, um, they getting the shot at Kira and Tasha at the sacrifice event, the 13th. So yeah, that's going to, uh, like, like Kier and Tasha, like their their reign has kind of been underwhelming. I think it's fair to say since they won the titles. Like I was very excited for them to win the titles, and I thought they were going to have like a very entertaining and a very good like good reign because of course they both can go in the ring. But I thought just with their characters, they would have just added that extra element to the title reign. But they really haven't. Like it, I, I feel like that segment they had on TV. Um, what, 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 what was it called? The fire, fire and flavor fest. Fire and flavor fest. That like I I feel like that took so much 
away from them and it that did them no favor. So um like when 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 you look at it, we got like three, maybe three weeks left until sacrifice. Like if you get enough steam under Jordan Grace and Jazz, man, you hey, you know, you, you might you might come make the switch and like, cause I, I just, I just feel like Kieran Tosh just had like a bad start to the rain, man. Like it's like m- m- maybe they can rebound over the next couple of weeks and build to something good with Jordan Grace and Jazz. But like, like I mean, you, I, you really couldn't go out there. I, I'd like to see Jazz as um, a knockout champion and it'll get, it'll get Jordan Grace something to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the match should be good. Um, and it's fresher than Havoc and Nevaeh. Uh, I think Jordan especially will, will work really well with, with both of them. And I think jazz as well, just banter, like going back and forth in promos with, uh, with Tasha and Kira could be good, but I'm with you. They've definitely lost steam, fire and flavor. Um, the match was fine and then just fell apart at the end, but it's, it's my complaint with, um, impact tag matches. A lot of the time, the, I hate to be a stickler for rules, but they're kind of there for a reason. And every tag match, it seems to be the referee just ends up shrugging and just letting everything happen. And here, yeah, Kimberly just enters the ring right in front of the ref. And the ref's like, oh, I better go and talk to Jazz, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just, it it's easy and it's sloppy. Um, I, I just wish they'd try and be a bit more creative if they want to do some heel tactics or whatever. Um, but I think the the tag title match could could be good, and hopefully it's what Tasha and Kieran need to sort of take this a bit more seriously. Let's have a look at next week's matches. Oh, sorry, we go backstage and we learn that ODB has been taken out. Um, so we've got a bit of a mystery there. Who took out ODB? Next week, we have Brian Myers taking on Eddie Edwards with Matt Cardona as the special guest referee. We have the Good Brothers teaming with Finjuice to take on Triple XL and Reno Scum. And we have Chris Bay versus Black Taurus versus Ace Austin in a number one contenders match for the X Division Championship. Uh, I think that triple threat will be tremendous. The eight man could be quite fun as well. I, I am genuinely looking forward to the Ace, um, Chris Bay and Black Taurus match. Like I'm like really looking forward to that. Like I know you said it earlier. That should open the show. That should legit open the show. And as far as um, as far we'll as close uh, the show, we'll be the main. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, we'll be the main. I, I literally have no problem with either of those. But as far as like um, the ODB um getting attacked, like I think all eyes are kind of pointing towards Diana, probably. Yeah, and maybe that's that makes her. sense. But like, I'm hoping, I am hoping that this is somebody, somebody, Davey, anybody. From AEW, it could be the seamstress, it can be the makeup <laughs> person. I just want somebody. I, I want something from the AEW. It was somebody from the AEW Women's Division to get involved and kickstart this thing with the Impact because I feel like, what? Well, but you know what? Well, now, I don't really think AEW, AEW is kind of occupied with the with the women's tournament they got going on right now. So they, you really, they really don't need it to be honest with you. But I think it could help. Um, like it, it could just add something to Impact. Like it's just having some some fresh faces there uh, from AEW's women's division. Uh, I I completely agree. It would be nice if whether it be an AEW talent or a new signee to Impact, uh, it would be nice if it was something more than just Diana. Right. Okay, and that brings us to our main event of the evening: Moose taking on Jake Something for the newly sanctioned 
TNA Championship. Moose makes his entrance first and Jake attacks him on the stage during the entrance. They're all brawling around ringside. Finally, they get back to the ring and the bell rings. Jake starts to come back with these big strikes, but there's a big headbutt from Moose. Jake hits a big lariat, followed by a Michinoku driver for a two count. Um, Jake is then placed on the top rope and Moose hits this big drop kick followed by a superplex. Moose sets up for his spear, and as he charges at Jake, he gets popped up in a sit-out powerbomb for a two-count. They then have a bit of a forearm exchange going back and forth, and then we get a huge Urinagi from Moose, but he maintains wrist control, picks Jake up, hits a second Urinagi, maintains wrist control, picks up again, and hits a ripcord discus lariat to Jake, but Jake still keeps getting to his feet. Moose then hits the spear. And in 6 minutes 49 seconds, Moose retains and is now officially the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Bro, this was a great sprint. Like, legit. This was a really, really great sprint. Like, I enjoyed it. This is a horse match. This is, this is what the people want. This is what the people call for. This is what people this is this is the people asked for Davey. But nah man, this was a really, really great sprint. Like I, I like I really like the um the start to the match when Jake something uh like stood in Moose's spot during the entrance. I was like, cause that was a cool ass shot that they got. I really liked that. Um and then it was another one when he he closed like he Moose was um he, he came in like like he was he was hit uh Jake something with a couple strikes and then hit the ropes, charged at him full speed. And this dude, Jake something, wrapped Moose around his damn arm with a clothesline. I was like, Jesus. It looked so cool because he, like, literally, like, wrapped Moose, like, all the way. Like, it looked like Moose almost did, like, a like a, like a full um, a full rotation and almost landed on his feet. Like, it was, like, it was cool as able to see that. And then, oh, like, yeah. Some was, of the strikes from, like, Jake's lariats looked awesome tonight. Yeah. Like, it, it, bro, it, this was just, like, a really, like, I, I like it, it, if you can like look at the the overall card um and, and like of course knowing, knowing what happened on tonight's show like i would recommend this, this would probably be the first thing that i would recommend people go watch as the main event because it was just it was quick it was like it was on the whole time like me in terms of like it was like it, it really weren't any dead points in the match at all like it was just like a good six seven minute sprint and i like really enjoyed it from from start to finish I'm with you. I thought this was great. As you said, just a sprint, two hosses going at it. I thought this episode did so much for Jake something. Sure, he didn't win, but he's up against one of your top guys. Um, And he's already hurt. He he shouldn't be winning. He's already hurt. But he, yeah, and he's already hurt. He's he's already been taken out earlier in the night. He, He looked like a badass tonight. He won the tables match, which was really enjoyable. He looked great because he wasn't letting Moose bully him. He came back just fighting, like interrupting in the entrance. He he looked... Jake had more confidence with him tonight, I thought. And he pulled off a pretty fun main event here. Uh, I think if they can try and keep some sort of momentum behind Jake, uh, I, I do see big things for him. Yeah, like I, I think if the Impact World title scene wasn't like so... Um, like, like it, we just don't know what's gonna happen. Or we we just assume that it's gonna end up in the hands of Kenny Omega. I, I felt like 
it, it would be like a good switch to have Moose take the T- they take the Impact World Title and then have the uh, Jake Snapper take the TNA World Heavyweight Title. I think that that would be something something cool. But yeah, man, J- Jake something like he he came up big tonight. Like he had a great showing, and it, I don't think it, it didn't hurt him in the slightest that he lost right. to Moose in the main event because Moose has been booked really, really, really well. And then on top of that, Jake something got put through a table earlier, and then he he was already in the tables match, got put through a table, and then had a whole brawl segment. So yeah, man, like he he came out strong tonight, and Moose came out strong again as the official TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Like Moose is essentially your one B in the company so Mm. it it doesn't hurt jake at all by losing uh i'm completely with you i thought overall a pretty enjoyable episode of impact it it started off hot um and it ended pretty hot as well um i i'm rushing to the end but we do have a bit of a after match segment here so moose grabs a steel chair after the match and goes to attack jake some more but rich swan runs out to attack him that's when security and referees all come down to make the save. The big pull apart. And that's when Scott Demore makes the match official. He says it's going to be uh, March 13th at Sacrifice. He's He says he's had enough of um, all this pissing around. Rich Swan saying it's on his time. Moose saying it's on his time. Well, Scott says it's on my time. It's going to be Sacrifice. March 13th, we will have Moose Challenge for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. I am right there, aren't I? He didn't say anything about the TNA title. He just said for the Impact title. Yeah, he just said for the Impact World Championship. So that's kind of making me think that Swan is going to retain. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of got that gut feeling that Swan is going to retain. Like, I can't see them doing the switch now. But... I mean, but you, you just never know. Like, and, and that's kind of like a good thing to have as far as intrigue goes. Like, you just, like, you, you can't, like, 100% put your finger on it as far as, like, what they could do. Yeah, you, you could even do something screwy at the end. Like, you could have the match. You could have Rich Swan retained. You could have an absolute, like, like, f- like fight, a brawl. And then you could have Don Callis just come out and say, Hey, Moose is now defending the TNA title against a Kenny. You could even do it then if you wanted. Um, but I, I'm glad we've got the announcement. We've known this is the match we're going to get for quite some time now. So now we have a date for it. It's just in a couple of weeks at Sacrifice. And yeah, still still a lot to kind of theorize about with Impact. I think there's uh, this was a positive step this week. I, I quite enjoyed this show. It Lost me a little bit in the middle around that Decay promo, followed by Eddie Edwards and um, Hernandez. But overall, I thought I thought this was a solid episode. So a thumbs up from me. Yeah, the thumbs up for me as well. Um, I, I feel like Impact needs to just continue the trend of having a hot match or an interesting match to start off the show every week. I promise you, people like seeing things that interested them, interest them to kick off the show, like the tables match. As soon as I saw the tables, I was like, okay, what the hell they got going on? I'm in. And they they keep. I think they should just alternate. Like every week, you have a every other week you have a X division match or guys in X division competing against a heavyweight, or you do something. It doesn't have to be something gimmicky every week, but just do something that will catch people's eyes, like right off the bat. So, yeah, man, impact on a good little two week, three week streak of having good openers, man, and then following through with a, with a decent main event. Yeah, um, let's go to some feedback on the forum, forum.postwrestling.com. Uh, we put up for, uh, feedback threads for 
all our reviews. Um, and so if you are someone who likes to watch Impact every week and kind of want to share your opinion, get in on the post-wrestling forum. We're going to go to Chris Elliott, who says, It was a good, fun show. Highlights match-wise were the six-man X Division tag and the main event. Uh, was good, although I'm not sure on the idea on them making the TNA title into a real one unless they plan on unifying them at Sacrifice. Two lines of the night. The extreme close-up on Sabin's face as he exclaims, I love Swinger's Bar! And Scott Demore taking the piss out of the WWE for the eye for an eye match. I'll rate it 6.5. Listen to up yours this week's out of 10. Uh, yes, Chris Elliott is joining us on this week's episode of Up Yours. That'll be dropping on Friday, uh, where we're talking all about Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends documentary. Andrew, have you ever seen this before? I have not. It's it's very easy to find online. It's a 40-minute documentary of um, a nerdy British documentarian going to America to work out what wrestling is. And this is 1999 WCW. So he's going to the power plant. He's asking the likes of Macho Man, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, Goldberg, like what wrestling is. Uh, as you can imagine, they're not too impressed with the guy. It's it's very funny. We'll but, be but, talking but you, all about that. But you want to know what I have seen, Davey? What's that? Office Space. Office Space. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did a review of Office Space with Richard Wardhouse just last week on the feed. Um, that was the first time I've ever seen the film. That, uh, that movie is amazing. It's great. It's <laughs> they, really good. They, they, they get an A plus for me for the uh, for starting off the the, the, the movie with uh, Don't Feel Good to Be a Gangster by Scarface. <laughs> they, 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 they had me from the jump. But that, no, that movie is like legitimately funny. Like I'm, I'm very like big on that. Um, that that very dry sarcastic humor like i I love that like that's that's how i kind of am in real life so why do, why do i say real life like well, uh, but like that's kind of how i am like in person that a very like dry sarcastic humor like that's kind of how this movie is it it, it, it really kind of reminds you of office space in some ways like just a little bit but yeah like office space definitely great movie and I, i'm sure you guys had a a great time reviewing that I love that you do know what the rap was at the beginning of the show because <laughs> Braden's normally really good with that kind of stuff and he didn't know what it was. And there you are just saying exactly what it was. Uh, yeah, good film. And it was a fun review chatting to Richard there. So absolutely, if you are a patron or if you're thinking about being a patron, we don't talk just about wrestling. We do talk movies as well. Quite a lot from the 90s and 80s. Um, yeah, so that's it for this week for Deep Impact. Uh, Andrew, any final closing thoughts before we say goodnight? Uh, hope everybody enjoys the review and we will be back. We will be back. One last plug. Where can we find you, Andrew? Uh, AD Thompson underscore underscore on the Twitter machine. On the Twitter machine. And you can find me at Davy Portman. Make sure you follow the Up Next socials at Up Next Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and the Up Next group on Facebook. And also check out the Up Next playlist on Spotify. We'd love to know what kind of things you're listening to. Just throw it on there. There's hundreds of hours worth of music on there now and it's it's great having our eclectic mix all come together. So check out all of them, guys. I'll be back very shortly tomorrow with a brand new episode of Up Next. 
But from me, it's a good night. Take care, everybody. Be safe. Ahoy! Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.